0: So for those of you who don't know, Tour Sauce is uh, it's kind of like a relatively new category slash hashtag and, and pro golf founded by the, the fine folks over at No Waying Up. And it kind of includes things that pro golfers do that amateurs and, and us mere mortals, Cassie, like we, we don't we don't do them right. Like club twirls, uh, not even watching your shot after you hit because it's, it's in the middle of the fairway. You, you already know where it is. Walking in a putt. Um having your caddy tend the flag in like crazy situations like uh, like Phil did back at Tory many years ago with having Bones walk up seventy yards away. And it also extends beyond the golf course. So I'm vouching for John Rahm as currently holding the top overall tour sauce spot of of all time for something he did at, at Tory this past week. So after he eagled the eighteenth. You know he he goes and does his post round interview with with Dottie Pepper of CBS. His caddy hands him his Rolex before he starts the interview, and he's putting on his Rolex as cameras are, are on him. And he's a baller. That that is the that, that's ultimate tour sauce for me right there.
1: Hash, hashtag tour sauce right hashtag there.
0: Tour sauce all time top spot. That, I think that's tour sauce of the century. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm Sean. I'm here with Cassie, and we have some we have some podcast sauce today. We I like have, it. <laughs> we have golf related Super Bowl prop bets that should be fun. Uh, Steve Eubanks, our LPGA man, he will be joining us to talk about the uh, Pure Silk Bahamas Classic, and we'll delve into who we think will be the top ranked player in the women's golf world at the end of the year. But first, John Rom, the 22 year old phenom out of Arizona State, he's going to be going back home this week for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He picked up his first PGA Tour win at the Farmers Insurance Open by shooting a six under 30 on the final nine to win by three strokes. His final shot of the day, what a putt. A meandering 60-foot eagle putt just kind of went to the left, then went back to the right, went back to the left, just tumbled in the hole, and as Ron Green Jr. wrote, kind of destiny. It was a matter of of when, not so if John Rahm would would break into the uh, the winner circle. Cassie Rahm is the ninth twenty-something to win on the PGA Tour in the rap- wraparound season. Only three players ages thirty and up have won. Is the tour kind of becoming a uh, no country for old men? Kind of a young man's game.
1: Man, his game is incredible, isn't isn't it? He he has so much talent, and we saw that this weekend. Um, I'm gonna reminisce a little bit, though, a little throwback Tuesday, if you will. I remember him um, playing at the 2013 NCAA championships in Atlanta, where he shot 61 in the first round. Okay. 61. And everyone was saying like, who is this kid? What, like, where did he come from? But Tim Mickelson, brother to Phil, Mm -hmm. former Sun Devil coach, now ROM's agent knew exactly who he was. He had nothing but great things to say about him. He was a kid who could hit a far score really well. He had a good temperament and he was the full package. He really was. He competed that week with Justin Thomas, um, Thomas Peters, Max Homa, who won that week, just to name a few. And then he went on to win 11 times at Arizona State. I could go on and on about him. He's honestly a great player. He was so much fun to watch that week. And now everyone gets to see him play on the tour. But the question was, is the tour no country for old men? I don't think so, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. You see Phil competing still. You see Henrik Stenson. Everyone's hoping Tiger makes a comeback. Jim Furek, another guy who can hang with the young the young ones. Are are we hearing more young names and they're winning? Of course they are, yes. That's absolutely no question. That that's the case in any sport, I feel. But I think these older players can still play with the young guns, and that's really fun to see. The mix is awesome right now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree to a certain extent. So I mean, since twenty ten, about seven percent of the winners on the PGA tour have been Ages forty-one and older, so that forty-one being the age that that Tiger is right now. So I think they're they're winning less. I think the days of you know VJ Singh winning a ton in his forties are probably over, but they can still play. You know, like Davis Love won at the Wyndham a couple years ago. Uh, Rod Pampling won recently. 40 somethings can still win, but I think th- these courses are so long now. I mean, the longest driver on tour thirty years ago was you know hitting it like two eighty three and that that would have been good for 150th on tour last year and just by nature the longer these courses get the longer people are hitting it the more it kind of just lends itself to younger players being you know able to come in quickly and you know overwhelm some of the these these courses like Justin Thomas is doing and like you see John Rahm doing but I, I i agree with you you can still play when you're when you're in your 40s you can still win
1: yeah i i think that's the case and i even like seeing the mix of you know, young players and older players on the Ryder Cup teams. I think that benefits the players so much. Those younger guys, and I think that's what transfers over well just on the PGA Tour when they're playing, you know, individual golf games. And I, I think that's huge. And I, and I really like just you know the compatibility and just how everyone plays and all that good
0: stuff. Yeah, and I think John Rom can pretty much book his travel arrangements for Paris in 2018. What do you think?
1: <laughs> oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Right. Could you see like Sergio and him teaming up? I think that would be awesome.
0: Absolutely. Or Rafa. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to have a a lot of talented Spaniards on that team in 2018.
1: And bombs bombs away.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're aggressive. Rom talked about how how those Spanish players, they have that aggressive mindset and they they, they just go for it. A lot of drivers of the tee, a lot of uh, aggressive play. And I like that style of golf.
1: Me too. I
0: agree. So quickly to our winners of the week before we bring on Steve Eubanks. Brittany Linsicum birdied the par five 18th in regulation, and then again in a playoff to defeat Lexi Thompson and capture the Pure Silk Bahamas Classic on the LPGA. Tough conditions in the final round, Cassie. Look, the rain was was crazy, kind of coming down sideways and, and windy, and uh, and that was a, a tough time that they had in the final round. Brittany Linsicum now has has seven LPGA wins.
1: It got so dark there. I got so nervous for them that they weren't going to finish, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. It got so dark.
0: Yeah, as Lexi was uh, hitting her second shot on 18, she had to take a few minutes just to be able to to hit that second shot. Maybe a bad break because she could have won with a birdie there on 18.
1: Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, On the European tour... Joon Hun Wang won the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters at Doha Golf Club on Sunday in a three-way playoff over Yako Van Zyl and Joakim Lagergren when he got up and down from behind the 18th green for birdie. Wang, a 21-year-old South Korean, was the Sir Henry Cotton Rookie of the Year in 2016. This was his third European tour win, and that propelled him to number 39 in the official World Golf Rankings.
0: Yeah, speaking of 20-somethings, Wing is going to be one of those top guys. Mike Perky had a call yesterday talking about the top 10 players under the age of 30. He was included on that list that featured Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed. So definitely look out for him in the, in the years to come. Um, on the web.com tour, Andrew Landry, the man who tried to, uh, mirror Francis, we met at the at last year's U.S. Open at Oakmont. He won the Bahamas on, uh, this past Wednesday. His final round, 567, gave the Arkansas Razorback product a three-stroke win. And two notes before we bring on Steve. Drive, chip, and putt registration is going to be open uh, today. And you can go to com to, to, to do that. That's the 2018 registration. Everyone Everyone's already set to uh, head to Augusta for the sunday prior to the masters this year and also maverick McNeely is still contemplating his his future i don't know if you saw that that podcast cassie that uh, golf digest had with him but he is obviously the number one ranked amateur in the world on the men's side and he's still not 100 percent sure what he wants to do with his with his future Uh, he's won 11 times at stanford matches tiger and patrick rogers for the uh, the all-time wins lead at stanford
1: Whatever he does, he's going to be successful in it. I mean, he's got a great family behind him. So I I can't wait to see what the future holds for him, whether that's professional golf or something in the business world, because he's going to be successful at it. Right now, we're going to bring on Global Golf Post LPGA insider Steve Eubanks, who was in the Bahamas this past week for the Pure Silk Bahamas LPGA Classic Steve, you were kind of roughing it in the Bahamas last week, Atlantis Resort area. Did you go down the water slide through the shark tunnel? I want to I know. Did,
2: no, I didn't. And oh, I, but I man. do have to tell you that uh, Madeline Sagstrom did uh, and tweaked her back. So she oh, ended up. Oh, no. oh, I know. It was terrible. <laughs> So she ends up going down this water slide. I mean, she's a rookie, so this is her first event out. And, and you expect rookies to make all kinds of mistakes in the in the first few weeks. You, you don't expect them to get injured on a water slide. That's, <laughs> of, all, of all of the things that can happen in your debut as an LPGA player, that's actually well, well down the list. But she goes down the 60-footer, the really big one there, uh, and she comes up and she's like, you know, wow, that was fun, but I think I may have tweaked something. What do you know? She ended up finishing dead last in the field as a result and missed her first cut. But uh, hey, live and learn.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yikes. That's not good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So back
0: injuries and water slides apart, um, Lexi Thompson had her chance to to bury the final hole and and win in the Bahamas. And the rain kind of picked up right before she hit her second shot and End up being a, a tough spot, made par. Did the same in the playoff. Brittany Linsicum birdies the 18th, both in regulation and the playoff to win. How did you kind of see things develop down the stretch there, Steve?
2: Well, yeah, Lexi had been hitting some poles in the in the final really 27 holes of the tournament, so um, I was actually not surprised uh, to see her struggling a little bit. But she just caught the worst possible break with the weather. I mean, Brittany was was playing the 17th hole. Uh, when it was gusting to about 20. By the time that uh, Lexi came in with the final group, it was gusting to 40. I mean, Stacy Lewis hit as hard a hybrid as I've ever seen, and it went 150 yards. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the, when that weather blows in, it blows in big, and that's what happened here. And, of course, they, they caught the uh, the worst of the rain uh, while Brittany Lincecum is sitting in the scorer's tent, hoping she doesn't have to go back out. But, it, you know, I, you couldn't have had a better champion than what we ended up with. Uh, Brittany is, is she is great. She's, she's perfectly honest. She's always smiling. Uh, she is as uh, humble and cooperative as anybody on the tour. And she's a pure silk ambassador. She's actually the very, was the very first pure silk ambassador. Uh, when, when that company was looking to add uh, celebrity endorsements, uh, they didn't go with, you know, a football player. I'm, I'm old enough to remember the old Joe Namath and Noxima ads. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they did chose not to go that route. They didn't get a movie star or anything. They went with Brittany Lincecum. So that's uh, I, I mean, it, it really has been uh, a remarkable ride for her. Uh, and and to pick up her seventh victory this way was, was you know, it was kind of special.
1: You just mentioned a bunch of Americans, Lexi, Brittany Lincecum, Stacey Lewis. Jumping back into your article this week in Global Golf Post, you spoke about making America great again. No, not President Donald Trump, everyone. (laughs) Take a joke. Calm down. But the American dominance in the women's game. Can you remember the last time something like this happened where several Americans made up everyone on top of that leaderboard?
2: I had to go back and look it up. Uh, No one could remember it. Uh, The last time Americans finished in the top five, which they did this week, was way back in 2011. Uh, It was the uh, CN Women's Canadian Open. Which, ironically enough, was won by Brittany Lincicome. So, <laughs> wow. uh, and, and yeah, and Stacy Lewis finished second. So, you know, if you look back uh, at the various times that we've had uh, American dominance at the top of the leaderboard, it's been this same cast of characters. Uh, you had Lexi Thompson win the last time we had Americans finish in the top three. You had Stacy Lewis win the last time Americans finished in the top four, and you had Brittany Linsicum win when Americans had finished in the top five. You have this small sort of cabal of players uh, that continue to to move up to the top of the leaderboard. I think you're going to be able to add a name to that list very, very soon, and that is Nellie Corda. Mm. Uh, this was this was my first chance to see her hit a shot, and holy smokes, can she play? Uh, she hit some of the most. Incredible short game shots. I mean, everybody has known she's long. She's like her sister. She can pound it out there, uh, but her wedge game is unbelievable. Uh, I think uh, the bunker shot that she hit on 16 in the final round, when she she hit her second shot again in the in the worst of the wind, uh, kind of into the back right bunker and had had it sloping away from her. She pinches that bunker shot perfectly, catches it into the fringe and rolls it down to. Five feet makes it. it. It was it was as good a shot as you will ever see hit, uh, And to be hit by an 18 year old, uh, it seems to, to have a lot of a lot of good things said about her for the future.
0: And her sister, Jessica, was uh, had her <laughs> had her phone out on 18 to capture the moment of Nellie capturing that, uh, that top five finish. One player you mentioned who hasn't won in a while has been Stacy Lewis. She had that triple bogey on the on the par four 14th, and the drought is now around two and a half years since she won in Arkansas back in June of 2014. Is there a sense of frustration when you talk to her, or a sense of impatience in her eyes kind of when you talk to her now?
2: Yeah, there was all of last year, but this year uh, she is really taken an entirely different attitude, and, and I'm actually glad to see it. She said, look, if I go out and execute the shots to the best of my ability. Then I'm just gonna I'm gonna forget about the score and I'm gonna let the chips fall where they will. Uh, and and she did that this week. I mean, she to to have the bounce back after the triple and to come back in and make birdie the way she did. Um, you know, to play as solidly as she did down the stretch. I, I, I think it it bodes well for her being back in the winner's circle soon, just because her attitude is so much better, so much different. Uh, there was a time when, when she would have walked away red-faced and, and really upset uh, by not closing out this one. But, uh, you know, th- she left this event saying a lot of positives to take out of this week, a lot of good things to look forward to in the weeks ahead. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like I like where she is, not only with her game, but with her mind right now.
1: Good. I hope to see her back in the winter circle this year. She definitely deserves it after this long drought. But, Steve, I have a scenario for you. You have Lydia Ko, Aria Jutanagarn, versus any other player. Where would you place the odds on who has the most wins this season?
2: Um, I'm actually going to go with Lydia. And the reason I'm going to go with Lydia is, despite all of these changes she has made, uh, and and they have been well chronicled, I would say that her, her mental attitude uh, is... Exactly the same as it was last year, the year before that, and the year before that. She is unflappable. I was actually quite surprised by the performance area put in this week, uh, especially watching her on the range where she was hitting two irons flying up about 265. uh, With Lynn Marriott and and Pia Nilsson standing there watching her, Um, she, she still has difficulty in not getting out of her own way sometimes. Uh, she has it in her mind that she can't play a particular golf course well, or she, she feels as though she can't uh, hit a particular shot or, or you know, she, she lets the moment overwhelm her. Lydia has never done that from the time she was 15 years old. Uh, she's like, it's like every round with her is a stroll in the park. So I think once she becomes accustomed to this new equipment, which may take a week or two. Uh, that by early summer, maybe late spring, I think we're going to see her back in the winter circle frequently.
0: The precocious 19-year-old definitely... You know, if we give her some time, I think she will be right back to where she she was previously. Steve, before I let you go, there have been some rumors that Lydia is going to be working with Gary Gilchrist after splitting with David Ledbetter. What can you tell us about about that possibility?
2: They have, in fact, wor- been working together. Uh, there's a lot of convenience uh, associated with going to Gary. He's out there a lot. Uh, he's very close to her home. His headquarters are, are not very far from where she lives. Uh, so it's, it's not as though it would be a huge adjustment for her, you know, quite frankly, I think she, she is going back to the swing that she had when she was an amateur. And I think Gary could in fact, get her there, um, which is a good thing. I mean, if you go and look at, at her golf swing, when she was, uh, 15 and 16 years old, uh, there's it is as technically sound as anything that was, has ever been in the game. Why she went away from it continues to be a mystery to me, but, um, I think she has recognized that uh, ball striking needs to improve, and that's one way of doing it. That's good news for her. Maybe
0: bad news for everybody else who doesn't want to see her at the top of the lead board every, every Sunday afternoon. Steve Eubanks, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So thanks to Steve Eubanks for that tremendous insight, talking about the Bahamas and you know some of the top-ranked LPGA golfers in the world, how that will pan out this year so interesting kind of dynamic at the top we have area jutanagarn who had an incredible year women's player of the year last year lydia Ko, who is kind of in transition right now between swing coaches whether gary gilchrist will you know take her under his wing or not we'll, we'll see what happens there and then we have other players like lexi and uh, and, and brooke henderson a lot of you know, young players kind of in the mix right now. Where do you think the future of the LPGA is right now? Is it with a certain player, a group of players? Where do you stand?
1: You know, it's really hard to tell. Um, Steve Eubanks wrote in his article this week in Global Golf Post that six of the top 10 players in the Rolex rankings and 12 of the top 20 chose to sit out the season opener Mm -hmm. this past week, which is different for the LPGA Tour. So it's hard to really say, but if you go off the 2016 season, obviously Scott, Aria, Jutanagaran, and Lydia Ko, and that's not too bad for the game. Seeing them battle on every weekend at every major, that would be tons of fun to watch. Lexi, she was in it this past weekend. Brooke Henderson, we'll see her soon. But I don't know. At the end of the 2017 season, I think, I don't know, um, Lydia maybe? She might be the top-ranked player by the end of the year. She is right now. I don't. I don't see why she couldn't hold that top spot.
0: I think the women's game is in a great place right now, don't you? I, th- I think it's really in a strong place. You know, we, you have Lydia. She's only 19. And kind of like Jordan Spieth, we need to give her a little bit of time. You know, she's right. not going to win every week. And, you know, some people say she struggled last year. just like people say Spieth struggled. But she still won, you know, just like Spieth won a couple of times. She still won. And she still played really well. And she has so much time, you know, just like, just like Jordan does. And we need to kind of be... A lot more patient with some of these younger players but i think Ariad the, the the thing for me is that she's so long a lot of these courses she's hitting irons off the tee and still being in position to make birdies and that's a, that's a massive massive you know advantage that she has don't forget about mb park you know the, the gold medal winner at the olympics there's a ton of players out there that could really have their place in the lpga and I don't think it's one player that's going to dominate. I don't think it's it's going to be someone. I'm going to take Jutanagarn to be number one at the end of this year. But I think Brooke Henderson will win. I think Lexi, she's won the past four seasons in the LPGA Tour. I think she will win. I think Stacy Lewis will end that drought this year. I think she's going to win. I think it's going to be a pretty healthy mix of of, of winning on the LPGA Tour.
1: Like you said, they're just so young. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes the game so fun on the LPGA right now. They're just so young and they have so much talent. It's incredible.
0: So transitioning into golf-related Super Bowl prop bets. I wrote a little article yesterday global globalgolfpost.com about this, my predictions for these, for these prop bets. So I'm at a little bit of an advantage here, Cassie. Sorry about that. But we, it's okay. uh, we, we went and looked at Westgate Sportsbook in Las Vegas, who has these prop bets. They have them for every sport and a ton of different things, over 400 prop bets for the Super Bowl. And they kind of match up, you know, Tiger and, you know, results are going to happen in the Super Bowl between the Atlanta Falcons and New England Patriots. And they also have Henrik Stenson matt siyama is involved justin thomas phil mickelson a lot of really interesting prop bets let's just run through a few of them for instance tiger's 72 hole score in dubai versus tom brady's gross passing yards in the game and woods is going to have to give an additional 27 and a half to to his total that's kind of an interesting one uh, another example phil mickelson's fourth round score in the phoenix open versus the patriots total rushing yards Phil giving 44 and a half points on that one. Cassie, do any of these kind of stand out to you or, or are unique to you?
1: Well, first off, when I read your article yesterday, I thought these were some of the coolest prop bets. Like <laughs> combining combining golf and football, I think is awesome. <laughs> but honestly with you, I don't bet. I don't look at over, under, on lines <laughs> for any of the games, nothing like that. But these definitely caught my attention. I thought they were really fun. Um, but since I don't bet and um, only one of those get bets is like guaranteed Tiger – and um, Bosher's first punt of the game. I think that's the one I would bet on. It sounds really interesting. Tiger in his second event back, he plays in Dubai. You know, he, he always plays semi-well there. And while you have Bosher's first punt, like you said, with all the adrenaline running, it's the Super Bowl. I mean, you can't get much better than that. And now that I just gave you that full speech on how I don't bet, yada yada, <laughs> I did maybe make a side bet with my boyfriend on this one. <laughs> Oops. Um, but I chose Tiger. I'm gonna stick with my golf roots. And um, so please help me out, Tiger. And I don't want to owe him dinner. So <laughs> I'm rooting for Tiger. Oh, that <laughs> dinner's
0: on the table here. Ooh.
1: Dinners on the line. So maybe some yes.
0: Italian. Oh man, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, right? <laughs> I like I like all of these because when I did research on them trying to figure out who would win, I should preface by saying that I, I am not betting on any of these, so don't worry <laughs> <laughs> Not with my girlfriend either. don't worry. Um, I, I thought all of them were relatively close. there There weren't really any that I looked at and went, oh man, that's a hundred percent going to to go in favor of one of them. That's why they're Vegas though they're they're so good at creating these that are that are kind of right on the money of 50 50. Um, I like the the Tiger seventy two hole score in Dubai versus Tom Brady's gross passing yards because um, the the so the the bet is void if he misses the cut so you get your money back just to to be clear on that you don't oh, you don't you don't okay. lose your see, money you see, don't this is how much money. I know yeah. about betting nothing <laughs> yeah you get to put your ticket back in they refund you what you originally bet on if Tiger misses the cut but if he does make the cut and he does play seventy two holes in Dubai it'll be very interesting because. You know, even par is, uh, you know, in the, the high two eighties, two eighty eight for for Dubai, a seven par seventy two, and Tom Brady just threw for you know a bunch of yards, and like three hundred and eighty four yards against the Steelers. So, uh, so that's kind of an interesting prop out there. I think I went with with Brady to to, to break that, but yeah, I, I like these uh, golf and and football bets. Uh, who do you have in the game, the actual football game? <laughs>
1: Well, since I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, you can never really root mm-hmm. for the Patriots. But you got to respect Tom Brady. I, I think it'd be cool to see Atlanta win though. I I really have no team in this fight. I think I th- I just hope it's a good game, honestly.
0: Fair enough. It's been a tough ride as a as a Miami Dolphins fan and the Patriots have victimized us so much you, you have to just root against them just by by nature and my, my good friend John Kim is a huge Atlanta Falcons fan and I have a few other Atlanta Falcons fans that are really hoping that they pull this one through so I'll I'll go with Atlanta for this one
1: yeah you as a Dolphins fan me as a Bills fan you you know the struggle is real well,
0: it's been so tough it's been so, tough. so it's been hard so moving on to our schedule for the for this next week the Waste Management Phoenix Open will be taking place this uh, this Thursday through Sunday. You can catch this on on Twitter live uh, the, P- the PGA Tour live stream on, on Twitter in the mornings, like nine to ten thirty a.m. I believe on Thursday and Friday, you can watch some some nice golf there. Uh, the rowdy sixteenth hole, the, the loudest hole in golf, that'll be interesting to see uh, who takes the the title there.
1: That's fun. I definitely want to do that sixteenth hole one year. I think that'd be I've a played fun. it
0: before. I've, I've played you've it played it not with people screaming at me but
1: <laughs> music playing booze going yeah,
0: i did my caddy booed me because i missed the green but i got up and down though it's okay
1: <laughs> oh man how did that feel <laughs> <laughs> a little rough uh on the european tour we have the dubai desert classic where tiger woods is playing it just came out that he'll be playing his first two rounds with danny Willett and matthew fitzpatrick so that'll be fun to watch Others in the field include American Peter Uline, uh, Rafa cabrera uh Ian Poulter, Thomas Peters, Darren Clark. It's a big field this week at Emirates Golf Club. And again, who doesn't love a little night slash early morning golf? Because I sure do, and every other golf fan should too. So tune in for that.
0: Danny Will won that event last year. So that's a, that's a kind of pretty cool pairing there with uh, Fitzpatrick and Woods. So the uh, Jones Cup Invitational one of the, the big majors in amateur golf, our own John Steinbrader, who we had on last week. He'll be that, down there covering this at Ocean Forest Golf Club in Sea Island, Georgia. Always one of the top premier amateur events. And uh, some of the winners that we've had, Bo Hostler, Austin Connolly, Corey Connors. That's just in the past three years. Justin Thomas has won. Patrick Reed has won. Luke List has won. This is a pretty good event. This is a, a definitely a testament to uh, to amateur golf here, and if you win this event, it, you're in a pretty good place to uh, to go forward in your career.
1: Yeah, and especially since it's a Walker Cup year, this definitely a, a tournament to keep an eye on, and um, it'll be interesting to see who wins this year.
0: Absolutely, no Web.com Tour event this week, no PGA Tour champions this week, no LPGA this week. They will be picking it up in mid February. Let's move on to Bingo, Bango, Bongo. Our results from last week at Tory Pines. We both had DJ to win, Cassie, and he promptly missed the cut. So I'm 0 for 3 on the players that I picked to win making the cut. That doesn't make me feel very good. My sleeper was Zach Blair. <laughs> he was tied for 41st. That's not good enough for a point. But I did pick Bryson D. Shimbo to have jet lag and miss the cut, which he Came through for me. Unfortunate for him. He had a 78 in the first round and ended up missing the cut. So that's one point for me from last week. That's two for the year.
1: <laughs> I went one for. <laughs> I went one for three last week as well. So it's it's not a good week. Dustin Johnson missed the cut. Bud Colley missed the cut. Who he was my sleeper. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate it. I did have Tiger missing the cut. So I that's somewhat of a win for me, but not for the game of golf. So um, I don't know. I say we. It's, I say it's a push this week.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. We'll go with the push. Two to two. Yeah, two to yeah, two. two, to two. <laughs> okay. So we're going to go with the Phoenix Open for our picks this week. I'm going to pick Bubba Watson to win. He's been in the top 15 the past four years here in 2014 and 2015. He was one shot off of uh, you know going to a playoff for this event. So I'm going to take Bubba to come through for me in the desert.
1: We're on the same wavelength, even though we aren't in the same city. Because I'm taking Bubba this week too, and I don't oh, know if really? that's a good—I don't know <laughs> if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess all the reasons that you said he, he's really going to get his TPC or he's really going to get his 2017 season underway this week. Um, really ramp it up at TPC Scottsdale. His last one was a little bit more than a year ago. I'm going to go with Bubba on this one.
0: Very nice for my sleeper. I'm going to go with Harris English, who has been anything but garbage at the at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Every single year that he has been on tour, he has made the cut. So he has to make the cut. He has to, Cassie. He finished third. So you think. He so you finished think. third last year last year in Phoenix. Please, please, Harris English. Another Georgia Bulldog on the board this year. Come on.
1: I'm going to go with a little rivalry. I'm going to go with Ali Jans, the okay. Georgia Tech product. Ooh, very nice. Yes, uh, top 10 last week. He was tied for the lead at the Farmers Insurance um, for a hot second before John Rahm went birdie eagle to finish, which was incredible again. Um, he's just getting comfortable out on tour. You know, he's been on the big stage before. He played on the web.com tour last year, former number one amateur in the world. So he has the game, he has the mindset to play with the best. You're going to hear his name for years to come. So I'm going to pick him as my sleeper this
0: week. I like that pick. He did play very well last week. And my player to miss the cut, I'm gonna get some serious flack for this one, but I'm gonna go with Justin Thomas to miss the cut. Ouch. He, hear me hear me out, Cassie. Look, the game I'm of, listening. The the game of golf is is so fickle and it's so so tough. You win twice, you take a week off. Everybody and and their mom has been telling Justin Thomas how good he is for the past two weeks. He missed the cut here last year. I just think that the game of golf is so strange. And you would think that this course would really suit him. You know, he, he did play well two years ago. He was a top 20 two years ago. But at some point, you're going to come back down to earth. And I'm going to take Justin Thomas to, to miss the cut here. I should get like seven points if that actually happens. No. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> no. No? What? <laughs> Maybe. We'll think about it. Okay. That's up for debate later. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Zach Johnson as my player to miss the cut. Okay. Uh, he missed the cut at the Career Builder Challenge. And yes, he's played well at TPC South Scale in the past, but I don't see him bringing it this week. I'm going to say him. He's going to miss the cut. End of story.
0: Yeah. Long golf course and a, kind of a birdie fest there at, at Scottsdale. So, not typically a Zach Johnson type of course, but you never know.
1: No, but with that said, that's all the time we have left today. Please visit GlobalGolfPost.com for all golf news. And also shoot us an email if you want to. T- if you want us to talk about a certain topic. You can do that at PostCastGolf at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to talk to John Steinbreder about the Jones Cup. So stay tuned for that. Um, until then, for Sean Fairholm and I, hit him straight and have a good week.
0: See you later.